was speaking this morning about uh, encouragement, and I know that most of you, as Brother Shane mentioned, are uh, very encouraging. I appreciate uh, this church. We had uh, some young men that uh, spoke, and they uh, had great thoughts, and they were they were did a great job, and yet. Um, maybe I, you could go, oh, well, there'll be a lot more polish 20 years from now. That's, that's probably true. But um, uh, people said very encouraging things. And I've had, of course, people that would uh, occasionally, you know, say, oh, thank you, Pastor. Great sermon, great word. And, and sure, that feels good. That makes us all feel good. We all... Uh, want to be thought of as having done a good job and we've all tried to encourage one another but yet <clears throat> there is an encouragement that comes um, <clears throat> wait a minute there's an encouragement that comes we won't do that quite yet there's an encouragement that comes from the world that is all about me that is all about who I am, what I did, and how good I am. But when you are going needing, and when you really need, your soul needs encouragement, and what we need is to recognize uh, the encouragement that as a child of God that I should have. And that is that, number one, God loves me, and that God is for me, and God is uh, uh, proud of me, and I can have dignity because of who I am in him and and I can have respect uh, maybe no one else respects me but uh, the very fact that he respects me becomes vital and 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 the fact that he knows my name and he knows where I am and we talked about what Jesus said and we talked about how John talked about the love of God and then the need to be full of the Holy Ghost and we spoke about that need and, and then uh, how, um, you know, J Jesus himself had told them, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And then we went to Revelation and we were read in Romans, the 12th chapter, where it says, wherefore seeing we are so compassed with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and sin that doth so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us and looking unto Jesus the author and finish of our faith who for the joy sat before him endured the cross despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. And the powerful part of all of that is that the Lord has not left us comfortless. He has sent his Holy Spirit here. He has sent the Holy Ghost here. And I, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, all of those things that we talk about him. And, and ver Romans, the 8th chapter and the 11th verse said, but if the Spirit that raised up Christ from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies. How? By his Spirit 
which dwells in you. And I, I was just thinking about, when I read that verse, I was thinking about the resurrection and what happened. And I, I, I kind of, uh, I, I began to ruminate on that. And I, I know we, uh, you know, uh, uh, good to have all of you here. Good to see Sister Betty Patterson again. And we miss her and so glad when she's able to be with us. But uh, living in Columbus, but, but the, the point of it all was that the resurrection, and I, I realized, and I may have said this before, but I, I realized that, you know, that Mary Magdalene was the first one to see technically inside the veil, the veil that was rent. When Jesus was crucified, you know, it was four to six inches wide and, and it's uh, this big curtain and it was torn from top to bottom when he died. And you remember what was supposed to be behind the veil. It wasn't there whenever Jesus died, but what was supposed to be behind the veil? What was it? The Ark of the Covenant. Now, the Ark. That word in Hebrew is teba, uh, T-E-B-A. It, it means the box, the box of the covenant. It's another word for the coffin. You could call it a coffin. You could call it an ark. You could call it an ark like Noah had. The word ark in Hebrew means just simply a box. And so it is often used if you were to go and they were to say, I, we need a box to put somebody in, they would say, we need a teba to put somebody in. We need that box. We need an ark. And, and I, I got to thinking, and that's where John, the 20th chapter, it, it, it reminded me that it was Mary that first saw. We, can we go there now, John 20, and starting at verse 11, where, where it, it, the Bible says in the book of John, Mary stood outside of the sepulcher weeping. Why was she weeping? Because she thought that they had, uh, the stone was rolled away and the box had been desecrated in some manner and they had taken the body. And as she wept, she stooped down and she looked into the sepulcher. And what did she see? Two angels. And where were those angels? One was at the head of the box and one was at the foot of the box. What they were representing were the two archangels that stood over the mercy seat. <laughs> when the Ark of the Covenant was in there, because you see, we sang about the blood, that mercy of the blood that had been shed on Calvary. Now these angels were guarding the place where the Shekinah of Almighty God had shed his blood. What a privilege that we have of forgiveness of our sins. She looked in and she saw the first Ark of the Covenant that we can experience today. And when we talk about the blood and talking about baptism and going down in the name, we are basically talking about applying that blood to our lives. Go back to our, our Romans. I'm sorry. She stood outside and wept and looked in. Go on back to Romans, our slides, where it says, and uh, 
Uh, there, there it is. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For we have not received the spirit of adoption again to fear, but we have received the spirit of adoption, of bondage of fear, but of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, the Spirit beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, join heirs with Christ. If we suffer with him, we may be glorified with him. I believe that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. And he talked about what we're going through. And he said, likewise, the Spirit helps our infirmities. You have infirmities tonight? The Spirit can help them. When you don't even know what to pray for, you can start praying in other tongues and let the Spirit pray. You know, and sometimes you're faced with, I don't know, I don't know what to pray. I don't know whether to pray, God, get them, God, chase them, God, knock them in the head. We're going to be faced with some situations where we don't have the answer to pray. But you know what? We pray in the Spirit. Pray in tongues. Colossians says it like this. He says, strengthen with all might according to his glorious power. What power is that? The power that got up out of the grave. This is why, it's. you know what? I can be encouraged no matter how much I'm in pain, no matter how much I'm hurting, because I know that in a moment the Lord could touch it and it all be turned around and changed just like that. He said, strengthened with all might, with all of his, according to his glorious power, unto all patience, long-suffering, with joyfulness. He said, well, I don't feel very encouraged. I don't feel very joyful. It's time to stir it up again because there should be some joy there. It's not because of what I'm going through but it's because of the power of the Holy Ghost, his glorious power, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness. And that's so powerful. I know I could spend a long time talking about just that one verse because there are people that just seem to be in darkness and cannot understand. And hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. I know the enemy... You know, it feels good for have somebody say, good job, and you did good, and I, I, this is a great church of encouraging people and encouragers. But the main one to encourage is ourselves in God. When the enemy says, you're weak, you're not going to make it, what does the Bible say I should say? I am strong. When the enemy says you're doomed to failure, I'm not, 
Sorry, I'm not just a conqueror. Well, you're never going to get better. You're never going to stop. You're never, you're, it's not going to ever happen. You're never, oh, that's a lie from the pit. Well, you'll never change. You, you will never change. There is no possible way. You've done this for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. You'll never change. That is the biggest lie. Amen. Why? Because I'm a new creature. Amen. <laughs> oh, but you're unlovable. You're unworthy. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I am. But it's not about who I am. It's about who he is. He makes me worthy. Oh, you say, I, I don't, you know, when the storms come, you know, you, you're going to have to respond to a storm this year probably, and you're going to have to decide how you're going to respond. You're either going to say, well, I'm going to just pretend it doesn't exist. I'll ignore the storm. I'll just go and ignore it and pretend, oh, I don't feel a thing. No, that's not a healthy way to figure out what to do. Nor is it healthy to try to say, well, I'm going to blame somebody. If you wouldn't have done this, and if this wouldn't have happened, and if they wouldn't have, and you know, a lot of people, that's how they deal with a storm. They deal with a crisis. Find somebody to blame. Well, it's this. This did it. Or you can just simply rebel against it. And you're going to fight the storm. You're going to fight the circumstances. You're going to fight it all. And you're going to, this is not going <clears> to. <throat> or you can turn all of that into, I'm going to worship you, Lord. I'm going to worship you no matter where, where I am. Why? Because if you're in the boat, if you're in my life, I'm going to praise you, magnify you. I don't know what the year will hold. I don't know what will happen. I don't know what, what's going to go on this year. But one thing I do know is that we're going to have to encourage ourselves. David, you know, the Bible talks about in the Old Testament where <clears throat> David came back and the city was burned and his family and all the others' family were taken captive and all their houses were burned. And the Bible says, you know what he asked for? Bring me the ephod. You know what the ephod was symbolic of? What the priest wore when he went into the presence of God. And David said, why? Bring me the ephod. I'm going to worship God. David, what's going to happen? Are you going to get your family back? I don't know, but I'm going to worship God. Are you going to, I don't know, but I'm going to. And as he began to worship God, the word of the Lord came to him and said, pursue. And the Bible reads on that they recovered everything because they worshiped God in the midst of the storm. You know what? This year, I think that's what we're going to have to do. And then I, I feel like we need to not only, it, you cannot encourage somebody else until you feel encouraged. So that's why if it's ever important for us to stay full of the Holy Ghost, because I'm going to have to find somebody to encourage. I, we can look around and there we know of people that are going through it, going through stress, going through physical stuff have lost loved ones. Easy to find. You can't go too many rows. Huh? And you say, I don't know. I just feel overwhelmed. 
I don't feel like I can make it. That's the biggest trick. That's the biggest lie of the enemy. Why? Because the Lord is on my side. He's fighting my battles. I don't know what, how he's going to do it, but you know what? I know he's powerful. I know he shed his blood. I know his blood was shed on the Calvary, the mercy seat. I'm so glad Mary got to see the two angels over the lid of the coffin, and it was the first mercy seat. But you know what was more impressive than that? Just about 50 days later, she was in the upper room and cloven tongues like as a fire sat upon her head and they begin to speak in a heavenly language. What a powerful connection that we can have with Almighty God. And then you stir it up. You just constantly stir it up. Oh, hallelujah. Let's stand. We're going to come. We're going to pray. We want to get Osaka and... Uh, <clears throat> um, then somebody take them back. We're going to baptize them. Let's come. We're going to stand around the front here. We're going to have a baptism. Then we're going to have a youth boosters meeting. But we're glad you were here. We appreciate the spirit of the Lord.